the Cannabis Sales Me Podcast, episode 99. You're listening to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast, where we explore the real stories of real people who have discovered the profound healing properties of the cannabis plant in their own lives. Find more at CannabisHealsMe.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. This is your host, Rachel Kennerly, and we are recording once again at the Storybook Inn Studios. So glad you guys are joining me today. Man, we are one episode away from episode 100 of the Cannabis Hills Me podcast. I don't know if you've been listening to us from the very beginning or if you are new to finding our podcast, but I'm stoked. I'm absolutely stoked that we're at 100 and I am so thankful for everyone who continues to come back here week after week, sometimes two times a week and listen to the podcast the folks who have been sharing the podcast with their friends and family, we very much appreciate it. And we wouldn't be doing this show if it weren't for you, because it'd be a total waste of my time if nobody listened to me. I've got better things to do with my time than talk to nobody. But you are not a nobody, so here I am broadcasting out into the WWW for anyone and everyone who wants to listen to listen to this show. And speaking of anyone and everyone listening to this show, our show has officially been downloaded in 48 of the 50 states in the U.S. If you know anyone who lives in Wyoming or South Dakota, you need to call those people right now and say, you've got to download this podcast. You don't even have to listen to it. Just download it so we can complete the 50 perfecta, however you would say that, so that we can get it downloaded in all 50 states of the United States. And it's also been listened to in countries like Poland, Switzerland, the Philippines, Honduras, Jamaica, Indonesia, Hong Kong, and St. Kitts and Nevis, Liechtenstein. I would have never thought somebody would listen to my podcast in Liechtenstein. That's crazy. Liechtenstein of all places. And some other off-the-wall places are... Let me scroll down through this list. Eh, that's not too off-the-wall. Bulgaria is not. Oh, the Faroe Islands. I've never even heard of those before. So that's pretty cool that somebody is listening in a country I've never even heard of before. So please continue to share the show like you have been doing. We very much appreciate it. For those of you who have already participated in our Tell Three People Challenge, thank you very much. If you haven't done so, what's the problem? What's the holdup? Are you embarrassed? Are you, you don't know anybody that doesn't already know about cannabis as medicine? Surely there's one person in your life who is still a prohibitionist. And if they are, share this podcast with them. I think it's a great podcast for sharing with people who have never considered cannabis as medicine. Because if the story of a parent treating a sick child with cannabis medicine can't win that person over, then they have a heart of stone or possibly don't even have a heart at all. So please tell three people about the podcast this week. Let's get more people to join the cannabis as medicine revolution. Now, speaking of parents with sick children, our guest today is Karen Gray. Her son, Murray, started having seizures at the age of two, and he didn't have them all that often. But then when he was five, they started becoming a lot more frequent and a lot more varied, like drop seizure, tonic-clonic. He, he had the, the spectrum of seizures. 
And unfortunately, none of the prescription medications that were available to Karen were helping Murray get his seizures under control. So Karen Gray, all the way from, at the time I spoke to her, Wendy Scotland is going to come on and share the story of her son, Murray. Hey, Karen. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well about yourself. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Cool. Well, I'm glad we could connect with the time difference and all that stuff. Yeah, what time is it? You're where you are. It is 7.30 in the morning. Oh, that's early. <laughs> it is early. I'm kind of a night owl, so this is kind of early for me, but it's uh, totally worth it. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I have a pretty conversational style as far as the interviews go, so I, I don't have a list of questions. I was just going to open the floor up to you and, and let you tell your son's story. Right, okay, right. So, Murray was... He was born naturally and everything, no problems. And he had a seizure when he was about two, which obviously resulted in going up to hospital. And over the next three years, they just increased and increased and increased. So by 2017, between January and November, he had 12 electronic clonic seizures. Um, and then in the December, he had 12 in that month. Wow. Then we put him on anti-epileptic drugs, sodium valparate, and then we added in clobazam. And by the January, he was having 12 a day. We were seeing him. Um, he ended up being in hospital. He was in non-convulsive status. Um, nearly got, he got taken to HDU, like high dependency. Um, got given a drug called phenobarbitone. So he slept for three days. And then when he woke up, he was out of status. Um, he started having myoclonic jerks, absences, uh, drop seizures. And um, obviously, we, they said he had Deuce syndrome. And that they knew he had Deuce syndrome from that. Um, so over that course of that year, um, 2018, they tried him on various things. We, we tried the, the ketogenic diet twice, but he wouldn't eat it. And he's always been a really good eater, really anything you give him, but he just would not touch it. You know, mm. and I spent hours making stuff, which he just wouldn't. And I mean, so the first time he wouldn't eat it. The second time we, I wanted to really give it a go. He basically starved for three days because I was so determined that he was going to eat this stuff, you know, and it was going to, he was going to do it. But I gave in after three days of I'm not eating because I thought this, this isn't good either, you know, yeah. not eating, especially when he's got a good appetite. We tried um, Kepra, you know, just all the usual things. We tried steroids. He gained two stone in weight when he was, uh, when he was five. Now for reference for the folks in America, I think it's like 14 pounds per stone. So it's like 28 pounds, which is a lot yeah. of weight for a little bitty it's kid to lot. gain. It was his best friend at school didn't even recognise him. He was scared of him, you know, when he came oh, wow. up to see him. It was just awful. He was put on ketamine, which is, you know, the horse tranquilizer and stuff uh -huh. that people associate with recreational use and stuff. Um, they did have some, um, they used it in Belgium, I think, and they had some success. So they decided to try it, but he just, he was absolutely like a zombie for a week. So mm. that didn't work. Nothing helped the seizures. Um, then they put him on zanisamide. That didn't help either. Um, I ended up uh, going over to Holland in May 2018 to basically go and get the medical cannabis over there because I'd, I'd started campaigning over here in the March 2017 um, because I knew that it was made in this country in the UK and it was sent abroad and sold abroad, but we couldn't access it. Are you so, kidding me? So they made it there yeah. and sent it everywhere else, but you guys didn't have access to it. Yep, exactly, because there wasn't any... I don't, I think, no, there was actually trials. Yeah, just, I don't know if it was a cost thing, 
but the NHS just wouldn't, 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 you know, use it. Now the NHS, what is that That's for? The, yeah, the National Health Service. So in America, I think you guys pay insurance mm-hmm. for for your health. We don't have that over here. We have um, the National Health Service. So like, if we get ill, we go to hospital and we don't have to pay. You know, that comes out our. I think it's our national insurance that we pay. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are really lucky here having the NHS. Um, so yeah. Uh, I went to Holland whenever I was there. I got a phone call from Murray's neurologist to say that they'd managed to get um, the epidilex, which is mm-hmm. the CBD isolate that they make over here. So then I, I brought Murray back home and they checked, he just did a routine blood test on him before they put him on the epidilex and he's just he wasn't producing red blood cells at all. So they sort of held off starting him on the CBD. He had to have blood transfusions then. He had a drop seizure in hospital and cracked his head open, had mm. to get it glued together. So they decided that they were just going to go ahead and put him on, on the epidilex. So this was in August 2018. He ended up having five blood transfusions wow. that, that year as well because of the because of this some some unknown reason he wasn't producing red blood cells. Anyway, the epidilex it stopped the myoclonics, the drops and the absences, but he was still having tonic clonic seizures at night. And he had absolute chronic diarrhea. I mean, it was it was just awful. Mm. The diarrhea he was having, it was it was terrible. But he was managing to go back to school for an hour a day. So it was worth it. But then in the December, it just stopped working. He just got really, really, really ill again. Obviously, in November is whenever they changed the law over here to allow clinicians to start prescribing cannabis-based products. He was lucky to get Epidilex. They gave him it on compassionate grounds, which was good. But... It stopped working. Yeah. So in the, the January 2019, he ended up in hospital, back in status, really, really ill. He couldn't, he was lying in a bed, like a, in a vegetative state, basically. He couldn't talk, couldn't move. He was getting tube fed. He was just getting iller and iller. His muscle tone went. Then his breathing started going. And they thought they were going to have to like take him up to high dependency and intensive care and stuff because he just wasn't doing too well. So that's when I decided to go over to Holland. I found a doctor. I got a prescription for the the cannabis with the THC and I brought it back and I started giving it to him. He wasn't getting any better at that point. I think the obviously I know in other countries they use THC to bring them out of status, but the THC that he it was just a small amount in the CBD and it wasn't enough. So they ended up giving him phenobarbitone again. He slept for three days and woke up and he was out of status. So then I just continued to give him, give him the medical cannabis, the, the CBD with the THC. And he started getting better and better. Then we ended up getting discharged from hospital. This is after them having to learn to walk again and feed, eat again and stuff. Um, wow. But he was doing so, so well. And so this was in March that I started giving him it. By the May, he'd... It was was doing so well. He had another EEG in hospital and it was just shown that he was in status again, even though he was walking about. So the, the cannabis was definitely helping in that respect because he was just lying in a hospital bed two months before with the yeah. same EEG. So that's when we decided to add a THC, the more THC, which is a product called Bedica from Holland. So we mixed the two together, which basically made it about a 20 to 1 ratio that he was getting. 20 THC to 1 CBD or? The no, no, 20, 20, 20 CBD to 1 THC. Okay, so still um, pretty low dose for THC. Very, very low, yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So on the 7th of June, that was the last time he had a seizure, and he's not had a seizure since. Wow. June 2019 was the last time he had a seizure, and he's he's still on the cannabis oils. He's back Mm -hmm. at school full time. Um, You know, he's learning now. He's very behind because he obviously missed about a couple of years of school. Um, But he's learning. You can see he's learning. His speech is coming on. Um, he's just doing absolutely brilliant. Really, really brilliant. Is he behind physically as well or is he caught back up? No, he's absolutely physically. He's, he's brilliant. He's really, really okay. good. He's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good considering like he was in a wheelchair as well. A wow. couple of years ago when I ended up, when I went to Holland the first time, he was actually in a wheelchair. He just couldn't walk very well and stuff. But yeah, he's not, and he's not had his wheelchair in months. He's not worn a protective helmet in months. I mean, he's just, it's incredible, the difference. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. What is the, what is the legal status of cannabis in the UK? Well, obviously the law was changed to allow clinicians to prescribe it. However, I think the, the government get, got a wee bit confused with it all because the product that's available now is a CBD isolate mm-hmm. and there's no THC in it, but we all campaigned for the law to change to allow clinicians to prescribe THC. And in the guidelines of the law, the, the clinicians can prescribe THC. However, none of the clinicians will do it because there have been no tests. Well, they say there's been no tests with THC in the country, but there has been with one company, that one company that make it, make Epidiolex, what Murray tried, and they also, also make Sativex, which is a 50-50 THC to CBD product and it's for the symptoms of MS and stuff and they have trialed that but they seem to think that it's that's different compared to you know the rest of the cannabis in the world with the THC it's it's just it's just not not good at all so nobody nobody in the NHS will prescribe it at all just now there's talks of them doing trials and stuff but we don't know how far away that'll be so there's like myself and a lot of others are actually paying for the cannabis oils ourselves. I mean, I'm paying mm-hmm. uh, nearly £1,400 a month. Wow. Which is, which is a lot of money each month um, on this. So I'm still, you know, campaigning and I've got the government are looking, the Scottish government are looking into it at the moment to see because there's actually two children in the UK that get NHS prescriptions of the very same oil. Mm-hmm. So it's how, how can they get it? And, you know, my child and the rest of the children can't access it through the NHS if they're already prescribing it to two children. Yeah, it seems like it would be more cost effective for them to pay for your cannabis oils than to pay for these prescription drugs. It seems, at least that's the way it is in the U.S., is that the cannabis medicine is usually less expensive than the pharmaceuticals. Yeah, well, the can the, the cannabis medicine is very, very expensive, but I mm-hmm. think, you know, if more people were getting prescribed it, they'd obviously get it cheaper and it would bring all the costs down. The medicine that you're getting, is it like you go, how do you get it? I mean, I know you said you've gone to Holland. Is there like a pharmacy there that you go to or how does that work? Yeah, um, basically they grow it in Holland and the pharmacy buy the flower and they make it into the oil. So I, at the, at the start, I was going over to Holland. I was bringing it over on a Dutch prescription. I was illegally bringing it in to the UK um, and I was illegally giving it to Murray. I mean, I could have, you know, I could have faced jail for for doing yeah. what I was doing, but I knew I knew I had to try it. It was the only thing left to try, 
whenever I ended up doing a documentary with another lady with a son, that me and her actually went together to Holland um, to get the oil. And it, it was a BBC documentary that came out and an importer watched it and contacted um, us and decided that he was going to start bringing in the oil legally. And then we got a private prescription from uh, the only one neuro, neuro, the paediatric neurologist in the UK that's, right, that's writing prescriptions. It's a private neurologist. So now everything's above board and legal. I've got, I've got a private prescription and an importer bringing it in legally. So, But you're still yeah. having to pay for it out of pocket as opposed to the, the government covering it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So there's only one neurologist in the country or in the UK that will actually give you a prescription for can medical cannabis products with THC in it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, for the pediatrics, yeah, for the children. There's wow. other private doctors that will prescribe it for adults, but at the moment there's just one doctor who's you know, stepped above the line and is doing fantastic because I don't know where Murray would be without her, you know, writing that prescription. So, yeah. Yeah, what now in in America what parents have to worry about and I don't know if they have anything similar to that in the UK is child protective services coming and taking the kids away if they think you're giving your your kids some sort of illegal substance. Is that was that ever a concern for you or were you more worried about going to jail? Well, to be honest, um, it, is, it is a concern for a lot of people here, but the the way I the way in my I mean already yeah, the in my head it was, you know, this is the last thing to try. This is helping other kids in other countries and kids in this country as well. Do you know what I mean? That are, that are making their own oils. Mm -hmm. the, the oil I chose is a GMP approved oil, right? So it's a pharmaceutical grade oil that I yeah. choose because I thought, well, if I get taken to court, I can fight my case here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, social services where child protection, that's what it is, social services. It was a big issue. I mean, I, I got them involved in the and I told them what I was doing I told them like exactly what I was doing and whenever I gave money the oils I told them I was doing that as well and to be fair to them they've actually been really supportive because they they saw how ill Murray was uh -huh. how good he is now and they're actually fully supportive and they don't they think he should have a prescription as well so I've been very very lucky that I've got understanding social work team in Edinburgh that's great now, what was the doctor's response when you brought in the cannabis oil when, when Murray was in the hospital? Were they poo-pooing you or were they kind of the same point that you were, like desperation, let's try anything? No, um, well, no. Basically, they didn't know that I had it. They couldn't know because if they knew that I was giving it to them, they could get into trouble, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I had to just close the curtains and do it and not involve them at all because I didn't want... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But they know now. They know they obviously know now. They're uh -huh. obviously I'm quite I'm quite open and honest about it. And they're they're just very apologetic that they can't prescribe it. And I think it's because none of them want to step out the line and get, you know, just get into trouble or whatever. I don't know what would happen. But um it's a case of they know I'm doing it and they can clearly see it helps because he's had a couple of EEGs and they look normal. Mm -hmm. but wow. Compared to the last ones he had where they were just all over the place, it was incredible. There was no sign of seizure activity. The, the neurologist could see that the Deuce syndrome was underlying, but there was no signs of seizure activity on the last EEG that he had. Wow. And, and this is a kid that was wheelchair bound and having seizures pretty much nonstop, it sounds like. 
yeah, I mean, it was the it was awful. The, the, had t- the tonic clonics. He had twenty five of them in a ten hour mm-hmm. period. Um, the myclonics and absences. I sat and did tally marks in hospital and I counted six hundred over, oh uh, over a twenty four hour period. I mean, it was they were absolutely awful. Now, what are for those who are not familiar with the different types of seizures? Can you explain what the difference is in the types of seizures? Yeah. So the tonic-clonic ones, they're the big ones. They're the ones where you fall to the ground and you shake and lose consciousness. They're, they're, they're awful. Then the myclonic jerks, it's almost like somebody getting an electric shock. That's the best way to describe it. It's mm-hmm. like just, you know, like an electric shock. Um, the absences were just where he would just sit and stare into space and you could tap his nose and put your hand in front of his face and he just would sit and stare into space. He was just not there at all. And the drop seizures... Oh, they're awful. You would just be walking or whatever, and then you just fall to the ground. Just like you couldn't, you couldn't catch him, even if you were next to him. You would just fall straight to the ground. Mm. And it was the and what what were the seizures that he was having when he had six hundred? You counted that he had six hundred in a twenty four hour period. Yeah, they were myclonic jerks and absences. Wow, they're the ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious! Now, what about you? Mentioned that he was having trouble with low red red blood cell count is oh, that yes. is that still a problem that he's having or is that no, cleared up that well interestingly um you know the the more than after about four blood transfusions i was certain that it was one of the medications he was on mm-hmm. so they so they took him off sodium valparate that was the very first aed he was put on they took him off it they weaned him off it and the red blood cells went back to normal so wow. they knew then it was the, the sodium valparate doing that to him yeah well, that's good. But yeah, I mean, that's, the crazy thing is just all the terrible side effects of a lot of these anti-seizure medications. And it sounds like Murray was certainly suffering from some of those. Oh, absolutely. They're just, I mean, he was like a zombie. You know, it was just horrible, horrible, just, oh, horrible. Yeah. Did he ever have any trouble with like, mm-hmm. uh, like liver function or anything like that with uh, being on all the pharmaceutical meds? No, that's one thing. The only problem that he had was the red blood cell problem. And when he came off that medication, he was fine. He's not, he's not, no, he's, no, he's, he's all the other, yeah, because he's had MRIs and lumbar punctures and things like that and everything's came back clear. So he's lucky that they didn't, you know, he, he was like a zombie, but he hasn't done any permanent damage. That's great. Was, yeah, yeah. So what pharmaceutical medications is he on now? He is on, um, he obviously takes the, the Bedulite, which is the CBD and THC, and he takes the Bedica, which is the THC. He takes a drug called Zanisamide, which he's been on since May 2017, is that right? No, May 2018. Um, and we know it doesn't, it doesn't help. He's on about 75 milligrams twice a day. We know it, it we don't think it, it does anything, but because he's seizure free, we're just too scared to take him off anything just now. Yeah. And he's on Yeah, you don't want to mess called, with that. Yeah, he's on another one called Lamptrogene, but he's only on five milligrams twice a day. And even the doctors say that, you know, that's that's probably doing absolutely nothing at all. But I just too I'm too scared to to adjust, you know, to fiddle about with anything. I just oh, don't believe it as it is. Yeah. Yeah, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> exactly, that's my motto as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't blame you. 
So I've seen some other posts from from folks in the UK where they'll go and get medicinal cannabis and bring it back to the UK and it'll be confiscated when they come into the country. Did you ever have trouble with that? I never had trouble with that, but I've got friends that it happened to. And what would happen is there's a campaign group called End Our Pain here and between them and their MPs, they were contacting the Home Office and they were getting it back. Well, that's good. But lately... Yeah, lately, nobody's had it taken off them lately. So we think they've been told to let people through with it. Yeah. Now, is that something when you fly in, or I'm assuming you fly in, you may drive in, is that something that you have to declare when you come back to the country? Or is that something you're supposed to? Yeah. Legally, you should declare anything you bring back if it's... you. But but nobody nobody does. Nobody declares it because they would just... They would get it taken off them, so... You just no no point declaring it. Just come back in with it. Uh, so the ones that have had it confiscated have like drug dogs sniffed it out, or did they just were they kind of targeting them? I think they were. Yeah, they were definitely targeting them. They yeah they stopped them and asked to search their bag, and they take the oil away, they test it, and if it's got over the legal amount of THC, then they confiscate it. What is the legal amount of THC there? I think it's something like 0.6% or 0.4%. It's or It might even be 0.2%. <laughs> I yeah. can't remember. It's, it's very, very, very low. Very, very, very low. Yeah, I think our, our legal percentage here, where they consider it hemp, is 0.3% THC. Yeah, that I think that's probably the same then, yeah. Yeah, it could be like international treaties or something. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, it sounds like Murray is doing amazing from where he was just a couple years ago. Oh, absolutely. It's like night and day. It's incredible. Mm. And he was about, he's how old is he now? He's seven now. He'll be eight in June. Eight in August, sorry. Okay. So you guys had basically five years of having to fight all these seizures. Yeah, I mean, the first three years, it wasn't too bad because they were very... You know, it was maybe like one every couple of months. It's whenever they started getting more frequent, one a month, and then he started having loads daily. That's when it got pretty horrendous. Yeah, and then they put him on all the steroids and everything they could throw in him, it sounds like. Yeah, all the drugs, yup. And I mean, it would have been good if the drugs had actually helped, but they just didn't. They just made made them worse, basically. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty amazing transformation. How close are you guys, do you think? I know it's hard to tell when you got politicians involved, but how close do you think you guys are to getting the government health insurance to cover the cost of the medical cannabis so you guys don't have to pay for this stuff out of pocket? Yeah, I think it's it's hard to tell. I think we, we must be close because they already pay for two other children. And the routes that we, the routes that, that one of the children get it, that's the route that I'm certainly taking with Murray. So how can how can Murray be denied to get this through the NHS if there's another child getting it using the same pathways? Mm-hmm. So I just need to wait and see. I'm hoping I hear back in the next week or two weeks. Oh wow! Go, yeah, yeah. So do you have to do you have to go to Holland every time to get it, or can they send it to you? How does that work? No, now? Um, I've I've got an importer that brings it in. So the importer, okay, yeah, the importer picks it up from the pharmacy in Holland and brings it back over here. So that saves me going over to get it. Yeah, at least you don't have to pay to travel over there now. Yeah, but exactly. you're still having to pay through the nose to buy it. Wow. 
Well, I know, and I know. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of people are up in arms over here because they they grow it themselves and they make their own oil, which is obviously a considerable amount cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are getting like busted by the police and plants taken off them and taken to court and fined. And I think there's a lot of people over here that are just now pleading not guilty whenever they get taken to court because you know they're they're using it for their for their like MS and chronic pain and stuff, and it's helping them. You know, it's just crazy that, that especially whenever the government has decriminalised it for medis- you know, for medical use, basically. So that's them saying that they understand that it is medicinal. So why are they still arresting people? You know, yeah, I was I saw something the other day that somebody was had been arrested over it, and but I, I, it sounds like the the legal status is a little fuzzy over there. So maybe people don't yeah. even understand whether what they're doing is legal or not. Yeah, exactly. And I think they. They say that, that medical cannabis is this epidiolex and it is cannabis based, but it's not got any THC in it at mm-hmm. all. And that's not what everybody wants and everybody campaign for. It's the THC that everybody, well, most, well, actually everybody needs. And however dose, you know, however much they need it, like if it's chronic pain, it would be higher THC than what Murray gets. Yeah, I mean, the everybody's just so scared of the THC, and it's like that's they don't understand there's a beneficial component to that THC. It's not just about getting high; it's something that the body needs sometimes. Exactly, and Murray's never been high ever. I mean, the dose that he's getting, you know, so small. It's so small, but it's so efficient, and it helps him so much. And he, but he's never ever been high at all. Yeah, with that, just that tiny bit. I mean, it's still a very small, if it's a 20 to 1, it's still a very small amount of THC. Yay. Yep, exactly. So yeah. I guess I guess home grow is, is still off the table in the UK. Yeah, I mean, but obviously people are campaigning for it and really mm-hmm. fighting for it because, you know, a lot of people can't, well, the majority of people actually can't afford to get a private prescription. Yeah. And they can't afford to pay the private prices that the, the clinics are charging. So, and if it helps them, then why shouldn't they be able to just grow it and make it themselves? You know, they're not costing the NHS money. Right. Yeah. It seems like a (laughs) win-win. It is is a win-win situation. It really is. It really is. Yeah. It's not costing, it's not costing the country money and the, and the people know what is in the medicine that they're consuming. Exactly. And I mean, you get it tested and things, you know, so I just, it's just crazy. I don't see why people aren't allowed to do it. Yeah. Is there any movement on that front as far as allowing people to grow their own medicine? No, but there's a lot of people campaigning for it. Mm-hmm. And I think, the, the obviously, in the last couple of years, the, the more of the public have started to realise that cannabis isn't this recreational drug that hippies smoke or whatever, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's actually a medicine that helps that helps people. And I think more and more people are turning to it now, Um but obviously they're turning to the black market because they can't afford private prescriptions. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your attitude about cannabis before Murray got so sick? I've got, I've got to be honest with you. Before I knew about it, basically, my husband had sent me an article and it was one of the mums over here. She's one of her child has an NHS prescription for it. I read an article that said that he went to Holland and got cannabis to treat his epilepsy and so then I started researching it because I thought oh no way like I was just you know prohibition like everybody else cannabis is a drug and I thought no way that can't be right and the more and more I looked into it I thought oh my god like 
I can't believe this. And then I thought, I've got I've got to try this. You know, the more and more people, more and more children, parents I was speaking to that was helping, um, I thought, I've, I've got to, absolutely got to try this and see if it helps. Right. Well, well I'm, a, I'm a child of the 80s. And, and so when I was growing up, it was in, in America, they had Nancy Reagan, who was the President Reagan's wife. Her big thing was just say no. So Yay, we grew up in right. school, we're just indoctrinated that you just say no and that this this marijuana is this terrible thing and it makes you kill people and die and all this yeah. horrible stuff. Yeah, that's exactly how, how I was brought up. And it's actually really annoying because they, they, they linked cannabis and heroin and cocaine mm-hmm. and things like that. So basically... You know, if if you were to take cannabis, that's just as bad as taking heroin, and it's completely different. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like heroin is a terrible drug. It's addictive. It's really a horrible drug. So to actually class, like, you know, just say no and have them in the in the in the same sort of category, is just crazy. Just crazy. Yep. Yeah, and and in in America, you know, they have a class system for the different types of drugs and and cannabis is on that higher level of drugs. Like it's just as bad or worse than heroin or cocaine or anything like that. That is just, it's insane, isn't it? It really yeah. is. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. And that's the thing. I mean, pe- people have died for taking cocaine and ecstasy and heroin. Nobody's ever died from smoking a joint, you know? Right. <laughs> so right. How on earth can we say that that's the same, you know? Yeah. And then we're we're rediscovering all these beneficial uses like in the in the United States for over a hundred years, cannabis was on the US pharmacopoeia. And so and had all these crazy uses like for epilepsy and stuff. And for you know, eighty years our yes. governments has have obfuscated that and lied to us about a stinking plant. I know. It's it ma- it makes you angry, doesn't it? Right, it really makes you angry, and I think it's because, you know, is it far? I think it's the pharmaceutical companies. It all sort of goes back to them, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. They can't make money off it, so. Right. Yeah, and and then I think a lot of it just goes back to the government wanting to control every facet of our lives too. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But they can't. They're they're losing. They're they losing, are. You know. They are. They're never never going to be able to control it ever. Right. And, and I think it's I think it's going to blow back on them because, you know, now I'm thinking, you know what, if they've lied to us about a plant for 80 years, what else are those dudes lying about? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it makes yeah. me start to question. I'm not you know, I don't necessarily consider myself or I didn't consider myself a conspiracy theorist, but I'm certainly yeah. more of one now than I used to be. Exactly. Same with me. I mean, even vaccines. Mm-hmm. Now you just automatically, yep, automatically take the vaccines because you have to get them to protect you for things and you do it. I mean, I think I got the flu vaccination particularly. This year I didn't get it. And I've I've been for the past seven years, I always had the flu vaccination. And this year I decided not to get it. And Mm -hmm. I think it's simply because, yeah, as you say, you don't want to be a conspiracist, you know. (laughs) But but, yeah, it just does make you wonder. It does make you wonder. Yeah, and and I'll be real honest with you. I've started to wonder about vaccines as well myself. I mean, I've I've always been. I never took the flu vaccine because I'm because like, I knew too many people that would get the flu vaccine and still get the flu, and I don't like needles, so I'm like, yeah, I'll take my chances with the flu. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and my son has been fully vaccinated, but now I'm kind of like, all right, maybe I want to do a little more research into this before I just automatically accept. 
what the government tells me I should or shouldn't do with my kid. And, and the exactly. scary thing, the scary thing now is that they're making those things mandatory where you don't have a choice what is injected into your body or into your child's body, which is quite terrifying. I know. I mean, all my kids are vaccinated and anytime I've asked, it's, do you really think they'd spend money making something like this if it wasn't going to help? That's the sort of response that you get from doctors. Yeah, but look at all the money they spend on telling us how terrible cannabis is for us. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. we won't we won't go down that rabbit hole today. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but it does. It makes you question a lot. I, I, you know, at least me, it does. And it sounds like you may be questioning some things too. Yeah, exactly. It's well, a, man, I'm yeah. I'm so glad to hear that Murray's doing well, and and it's nice to uh, to get a little perspective for of what is happening with with cannabis around the world, because yeah, you know, I just don't know much about what happens outside the U.S. And it's different from state to state to state here. So Yay. so to know what's happening in another country, it's even more difficult. <laughs> Yay! I know it's just crazy. What state are you in? I live in Texas. Oh, right. So do you, do you, do you don't, do you have, do you have cannabis? We do not. The no, only thing right. we have access to right now is, um, now Epidolix, we have access to that because that's gone through, you know, that's jumped through all the FDA's hoops. So yeah. people that want to try Epidolix for, for their kids or for themselves with, um, with seizures, they can do that. But as far as, you know, cannabis oil with anything over 0.3%, well, let me take that back. In in the state of Texas just recently, they approved 0.5% THC for in, you know, basically it's CBD oil with 0.5% THC. But it, it's mm. nothing to like what you're being able to access for Murray. So we've got, yeah. we've got people that they've moved out of the state so they can get access to this. Yeah. Or or they, you know, they have to break the law and face felony prison sentences oh, over getting access to medicine. I mean, I mean at least it's nice that we could actually move out of state if we have to. But I mean, can you imagine having to leave Scotland and go somewhere else to have access well, to yeah. medicine? I mean, just yeah, to leave I mean, your you know, cuz in in Texas roots run pretty deep and I'm I'm sure it's pretty similar around the world. People don't just want to pack up and move, but you know, there are those people that have to. It's, it's shocking because we obviously considered it, but my daughter was sitting exams and my son mm -hmm. was just about to go up to high school. And so it just, we've got two dogs. I mean, it just yeah. my husband works. So it was just, a, it wasn't really an option. We couldn't just up and go like that. I mean, one, one of the pediatric, one of the top pediatric neurologists actually in this country stated that a lot of people, parents in America were, they're go we're moving over to Colorado to access it and mm -hmm. the people the people that lived there weren't seeing as much benefit from using the cannabis as the people that moved to Colorado so in her theory it was placebo effect and you know we, we all argue against this because a five or a, a seven-year-old child doesn't understand the placebo effect that's they right don't you know they don't understand it so that is just absolute nonsense I mean that's what what got me because I was always a you know Drugs are bad. You don't do drugs. You know it's terrible. Blah blah blah. A until I knew somebody that sh that's what she did. Her has her son was having drop seizures, and he would have like a hundred drop seizures a day. Oh. And uh, so he wore the little helmet, and he'd gotten to where he he wouldn't even walk anymore. He just crawled everywhere because he was Yay. afraid he was going to fall down. Oh. And uh, and so that's what they did. They they had talked about even this has been several years ago 
it, when CBD oil was still illegal here in Texas. And she mm-hmm. talked to the to the doctors about putting him on CBD oil. And they told her, if you put him on CBD oil, we're going to call C- Child Protective Services and they're going to come take your son from you. So, yeah, that's awful. I know. So she packed up and she moved to Colorado and mm-hmm. started using Rick Simpson oil with her son. I mean, she started with low low THC. Uh-huh. Or, and b- basically just moved up to where he's like on a high THC dose because that's what he needs to control the seizures. And he's Yay. been seizure free for over two years. And you wow, can't tell that's me that's a placebo effect with a three-year-old kid. That No, it's not. It's the, definitely. I mean, it's the THC. We noticed ourselves as soon as we added that little extra bit THC in, it made such a difference. And there's other kids as well. That has made such a difference to as well. So it's no, it's definitely the cannabis, definitely. Yeah. Have, have you seen your doctors kind of come around to seeing cannabis as medicine? I mean, like in the United States, most doctors have no knowledge whatsoever of the endocannabinoid system, so they <laughs> they, they don't have a clue. I didn't know if it was the same in the UK or no. It's exactly the same. I don't know why they don't get taught about it. I'm hoping that you know they are going to start getting taught about that i mean our murray's neurologist was very against even cbd you're very against it all but he's actually said for seeing murray he now wants to do trials with thc he actually wants to do the, these trials now because he can see that it's helped him so that's i awesome. think they are they are coming around yeah yeah they are coming around to it so that's good yeah, to go from not even wanting to use CBD. <laughs> I know, exactly. I know, I think it's what they all get told they can use. You know, they've got a strict sort of cabinet of medicines they can use and they won't go outside of that cabinet. They're all they're all too scared, which is yeah. no wonder if they think they can lose their job or get right. into trouble for doing it. So you you can't blame them. No, all. and that's, that's the way it is here too. I mean, Different states have written the law. If they say prescribe, doctors won't prescribe it here because it's still federally illegal. But if they mm-hmm. say recommend it, then doctors can make a recommendation without having to worry about losing their licensure. So, um, so yeah, I guess it's, you know, a lot of it's just a CYA. So I can understand they go to year, they go to school for a decade and it's like you know i'm still paying student loans i don't want to lose my job yet <laughs> yeah exactly and i mean they've been told what we have as well that yes cannabis is bad you know cannabis is bad you know you'll get psychosis if, mm-hmm. if you take that so yeah mm-hmm. you'll turn into a serial killer and kill your mother with an axe yep. or something <laughs> exactly i mean it's just just insane isn't it <laughs> it is it's crazy all, all the lies we've been told about it yeah well, Yay. that's that's uh, it's promising. It looks like something may break loose here pretty soon. It, you know, and at least you can get access to the medicine without having to be worried about being thrown in a cage. Exactly. But exactly. that's, a, I mean, that's a huge expense. Um, I mean, I can't even imagine spending that because I think a pound is like, like tr- translates to like two bucks here. So I can't even imagine Yay. spending that much money per month on medicine. I know it's more than a mortgage, you know, it's more than yes. your house. So yeah. 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 So, I mean, I guess you could, you could probably find it less expensive on the black market, but then you've got to worry about, well, am I giving my son what he's really supposed to get? Well, exactly. I mean, there's people over here that will get that, make it, that give it to you free. Mm-hmm. You know, there's children that are getting it for free and it's helping them. But obviously, they can't speak about it. They've got to be really careful because the right. social services getting involved in things. Yeah, it's just it's a nightmare. And yeah, yeah. So it's like okay, I pay 
1400 bucks for this or or 1400 pounds for this or i get have to worry about being thrown in jail exactly and it's no exactly yeah you just don't it's scary going down that route and i think in order to change things you can't just sit and be quiet because nothing will change right right yeah Yeah, so yeah if you're going to be vocal and outspoken like you've been you you certainly have to do everything on the up and up yeah exactly i wouldn't take the risk because i know that they they would definitely you know they would definitely do something if i wasn't so yeah (laughs) it's difficult yeah well, Karen, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. I don't want to keep you too long, so I know you got to go pick up kiddos from school. Yeah. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing Murray's story with us. And man, I'm so glad to hear that he's doing just amazingly better. It's 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 crazy to think of where he was uh, I know, before really cannabis is. and where he's at now. I know it's just it's crazy, isn't it? it really, as mm-hmm. it should should be available a lot cheaper and a lot easier. <laughs> Well, hopefully, if they've if they've already got two people that are able to get get it paid for by NHS, it seems like well, how can you justify paying for it for those two and not everybody else? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so maybe maybe something crossed. will shake loose. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe the politicians will catch up to to what the rest of us already know that cannabis is medicine and it's not something to be afraid of. Yeah, I think if it was one of their family or children that needed it, I think they'd, they'd soon realise, although I have to say, most of the politicians are all for it over here. You know, they do all want change, so, yeah. Yeah, they want change, but then when it comes down to actually doing something about it, <laughs> they want to blame everybody. At least that's what they do here in America. They blame yeah. the other politicians for standing in the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I think politicians are probably the same across the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks a bunch, Karen, and uh, thank and, you. And so glad Murray's doing so much better. And I'll uh, I'll stay in touch and, and keep an eye on you. I'm, I'm I'm glad to see he's doing so well. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you yeah, so thanks. much. Okay. Nice talking to you. All right. Bye bye. As usual, show notes for today's episode can be found out at CannabisSealsMe.com slash 99. I have a confession to make. I'm a little embarrassed to make this confession, but you've probably figured it out if you listen to the whole episode. I neglected to ask my guest to tell us her Twitter handle or wherever else you guys can follow her. And I'm going to blame the fact that I was up earlier than usual and not my middle-aged lady brain as to why I forgot to ask this. So make sure you go out to the show notes page because I'm going to put a link to her social media handles. I know she's out on Twitter. She's on Facebook, but I know she's really active on Twitter. So I'll be sure and put that. And then I also want you to go out if you're interested in helping contribute to offset the cost of Murray's money. There's also a GoFundMe page that's been set up for that. So I'll include a link to the GoFundMe page as well. So go check out the show notes on CannabisHealsMe.com slash 99. We will be back here on Thursday with our epic, and I know I said that before, but it's rubbing off because my 10-year-old says it all the time. And as much as it annoys me that he says it all the time, I still say it too. So we will be back here on Thursday with episode number 100. So I hope you're going to be here with bells on for episode number 100. I think you're going to enjoy it. 
If not, I enjoyed recording it. And, you know, really, I'm the only one that matters because, you know, it's my podcast. No, not really. I, I really appreciate everyone who has come back time and time again to listen to the podcast and who has thought highly enough about the podcast that they actually shared it with other people that they know and love. So we'll be back here Thursday. You guys have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode of the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever podcast app you're using. Do you have a suggestion for a guest on Cannabis Heals Me? Send an email to podcast at CannabisHealsMe.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Cannabis Heals Me or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments.